Good morning, Dan and Amy. So it seems like uh, Senate Democrats are down to two principal arguments in uh, defense of uh, Ms. Blaze Ford and uh, uh, to the detriment of Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, one is that uh, you shouldn't outsource the questions to a third-party prosecutor, this uh, sex crimes prosecutor they're importing from Arizona, Raquel Mitchell. And the other is that uh, – uh, the, the other, in addition to outsourcing, is that uh, there should be this FBI investigation. Those are the two arguments. You've heard them repeated most often from both uh, – uh, well, from all the Senate Democrats. So uh, to respond to the uh, need for an FBI investigation here with all of the statements that have already been filed by – relevant parties from both sides, essentially, um, and the press accounts from names that have been offered up by Dr. Blaise Ford, uh, I uh, cede my time to 1991 Joe Biden when he was on the Senate Judiciary Committee speaking with a certain Supreme Court nominee named Clarence Thomas. The next person that refers to an FBI report as being worth anything obviously doesn't understand anything. FBI explicitly does not, in this or any other case, reach a conclusion. Period. Period. Very emphatic. Judge, there's no reason why you should know this. The reason why we cannot rely on the FBI report, you wouldn't like it if we did, because it is inconclusive. They say he said, she said, and they said. Period. So when people wave an FBI report before you, understand, they do not, they do not, they do not reach conclusions. They do not make, as my friend points out more adequate, they do not make recommendations. Judge. So there you have it. And uh, Maisie Hirano from Hawaii, whose uh. profile has really been uh, increased during this saga, much to her detriment. Yeah, at it least hasn't for, helped her. For people that have sense. Uh, she uh, opined on outsourcing the questioning Republicans uh, enlisting an outside party to question Ms. Blaise Ford. I think this is an example of the Republicans uh, on the committee not wanting to reveal themselves to the American public because what should be happening is that we should be asking the questions. Well, you can ask your own questions. I, I, I don't like uh, Republicans on the committee sort of what seeding their time because each one gets five minutes to ask questions. They're they're seeding their time to this female attorney. I don't like them capitulating to identity politics and being optics optics focused. John Cornyn has argued cases before the United States Supreme Court. Is he qualified to ask reasonable, matter of fact questions yes. of anybody? Of course he is, and, and so are the rest of the senators. Yeah. They can all show compassion, and they're not monsters. The flip side of that is uh, the left's logic. So the Senate Republicans are old white men, so by definition, Neanderthals, incapable of treating Dr. Blaise Ford fairly. So why would you want to put her through an unfair process? Why would you want to ostensibly re-victimize her again by having her subject herself to Senate Republicans, uh, you know, from your perspective, 
as opposed to having a professional in this space who prosecutes sex crimes as a matter of course in her daily professional life and who uh, knows how to treat victims of sex crimes in this context appropriately and ask the probing questions that get to the heart of the matter. So is it you want them to ask questions because you want to score political points or is it you want to find the truth? It seems if you think the process would be unfair if they ask the question, then you're not interested in the truth. And I need help squaring that circle. Uh, for uh, said help, we're pleased to be joined by David Ferdoso, who's a writer and columnist for the Washington Examiner, WashingtonExaminer.com. David, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Um, I, uh, I have to say there isn't much of a circle here to square, though. Uh, and in fact, you're right. <laughs> The idea that, oh, well, you know, it seems to me that the only point of this complaint is that they would love to see the Republicans ask a bunch of really insensitive questions and make fools of themselves and that <laughs> they're upset that that isn't going to happen. I can't figure out any other reason for making this particular argument. Well, what about the Democrats? I mean, the, each Democrat senator is going to get five minutes. And what do you think Cory Booker and Kamala Harris are going to do? Well, I, you know, they've done so much grandstanding with this nomination. This is before any of this, uh, you know, sorted stuff came out. Um, I, I imagine that they, I, I, you know, talking to, the, the reason they've hired a professional to do this is that you don't just want any prosecutor even. You, right. you don't even want just any lawyer like John Cornyn to be asking questions of someone like this in a very politically and, you know, otherwise sensitive uh, interrogation, right? You, you want someone who knows exactly sort of what's appropriate or inappropriate to ask someone in this situation, which is very hard. I, I, I you know, what, what I personally um, expect, although, you know, you never know, but what I personally expect is that it's going to be very hard for Democrats to ask questions. And, you know, if they're smart, what they'll do is they will take the um, they'll take the focus off themselves and let her talk. Right. Uh, that's what I would do in that situation. But if they get a little too uh, greedy for the limelight, I think they could come off looking very bad. Do you, do you think it would be better if uh, Senate Democrats on the Judici Judiciary Committee outsourced their questioning to Cory Booker's imaginary friend T-Bone? You think that <laughs> maybe that bone? I'd almost forgotten about T bone. Yeah, maybe that would maybe that would help provide that degree of separation they need, so so Corey doesn't get in trouble. Uh, Mr. No, T bone. That's right. And you know, when you uh, you mentioned uh, Joe Biden talking about you know faxing the Clarence Thomas hearings in the FBI, this is a very important point that I think people forget. The only reason there even was an FBI investigation in that case is that Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill were both federal employees right. on federal property when all of the allegations took place. Okay, That's the only reason the FBI ever looked into any of that stuff. And, uh, you know, the Constitution does not say that the FBI gives its advice and consent on Supreme Court nominations. That's the job of Congress, and Congress has its own perfectly good investigatory uh, powers. It has subpoena powers. It has investigators. There are investigators who work for nearly every committee. Um, this is something that, you know, I think 
this is something that's not going to be solved during this nomination, but that Congress uh, should be looking for ways to beef up its investigatory uh, capabilities. Just to give one example unrelated to this of why it should. I mean, everybody should be thinking, well, Congress should have its investigators go after this. But another reason they should do that is that, um, uh, well, uh, think about, look at this whole business with the special counsel, right? We have someone who everybody's saying, oh, is Trump going to fire the special counsel? The special counsel is investigating him. This would be the worst thing ever. Why is an executive branch agency investigating the president at all? Why, why can't we have investigators who actually are only accountable to Congress so that they have more latitude to do an appropriate investigation that may involve the president, right? Well, uh, speaking of that, I mean, just on another matter, there are other things happening in the world besides the, the, the Kavanaugh-Blaise right. Ford mm-hmm. saga. Uh, third, well, tomorrow— uh, oh, that's right. Trump and Rod, Trump and Rod Rosenstein Rosenstein. meet to discuss his future. And um, is what's your sense of what that future is, and uh, and your opinion on what it should be? Uh, particularly with, uh, I was interested to read about uh, this uh, gentleman Noel Francisco waiting in the wings, a former Antonin Scalia law clerk. Boy, that seems like uh, that would be a much better fit for uh, Trump's interests and perhaps the interests of justice uh, overseeing Mueller than has Rosenstein been. Right. Well, look, my attitude toward this investigation all along has been that the more Trump says about it, the more it hurts it, and that the investigation itself is not going to hurt him. Um, it, it, uh, it seems highly unlikely, even with this Manafort news. I mean, you have the the liberals kind of waiting for the great pumpkin here to show up and say that, oh, what, you know, Trump committed some kind of treason. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's sort of hard even to uh, define what they're expecting. It's so unrealistic. Uh, th- you know, this was always a probe that was going to end up finding Manafort, catching Manafort for his illegal activities, which people knew about even during the 2016 presidential campaign. They're saying, what, why is this guy being picked to, to run this thing, right? Um, so I, I don't think that it's helpful to Trump to fire Rosenstein. Indeed, he's not going to. Um, it looks like the Washington Post is reporting that Rosenstein is going to survive right through the uh, right through the midterm yeah. for sure, and that maybe after that he'll be decapitated, but that uh, at least for now he's safe. Yeah, but and, how could you uh, trust him I, when know, he was— Honestly, it would be very unhelpful to Trump to start firing people. If he had just not fired Comey, I'm convinced that this investigation would already be over. But, I mean, it's hard to keep somebody on your team if you don't trust them. I mean, whether he was joking or not, he tried to, you know, get his boss by secretly recording him. Well, see, now that's the thing. We don't know that. And if you read carefully between the lines of the New York Times report on that mm-hmm. and the Washington Post follow-up, what, you're, what you will see is that, you know, other people who were in that meeting actually – now, look, I agree. If he actually said – we should look into the 25th Amendment and getting rid of Trump. We should, you should secretly record what the president says. And yes, he's got to go. No question about it at all. That's, that's completely inappropriate. I mean, compared to impeachment, the 25th Amendment is just over the cliff because impeachment at least is a, is a process that has some democracy to it, right? You, you voted for those members of Congress. If they get rid of the president, they must have a good reason to. With the 25th Amendment, and for a non-cabinet member, especially to discuss the 25th Amendment, it's just completely inappropriate. Okay, so, you know, having established that, though, um, 
it looks like in the Washington Post follow-up, some, some of the people who were involved in that conversation say that it happened very differently and that McCabe may have tried in his memo to implicate Rosenstein, right? that the, those two guys may not have gotten along and that McCabe, who was the one who wanted to investigate Trump, and when Rosenstein said something to him like, what are you going to do, record the president? He wrote down a memo that said, Rosenstein suggested recording the president. So, oh. uh, you know, if anything, that is the reason why Rosenstein's not being fired. And, and it makes sense that he wouldn't be. He is David Ferdoso, writer and columnist for The Washington Examiner, WashingtonExaminer.com. David, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line.